I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello, fantasy managers, and welcome to the MLS Fantasy Insider. Tonight, we're answering the main question on every fantasy player's mind. Is MLS Fantasy back? And what does that mean? This episode is brought to you by the MLS Addiction Hotline. If you or a friend stayed up after midnight to watch FC Dallas versus Nashville, please give us a call. At, oh, wait, wait, sorry. No, uh, uh, brought to you by... MLSFantasyBoss.com and the amazing MLS Fantasy Insider Patreon supporters. Thank you all for sticking with us. Um, it's it's We're back. MLS is back. Fantasy is back. So you guys are awesome and we love having you. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com and tonight I'm joined by my, well, half of my partners in fantasy, uh, Mr. Michael Denton. Uh, Blaine will be with us a little bit later. He's he's running behind doing some stuff with his wife, but will be joining us shortly. Uh, until then, we'd also like to welcome our very special guest, Ashley Savage from Switch the Pitch. How is everyone doing tonight? Doing well. We're back. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's like MLS Fantasy Christmas Monday. That's right. Hashtag MLS Fantasy is back. That's that's the hashtag, everybody. Send that yeah. around. I mean, we had the MLS is back tournament. This, this has to be MLS Fantasy is back. So Yeah. The uh, bubble's bigger, but it's just as great. <laughs> <laughs> the fantasy bubble. It's it's gonna work. It's gonna work. Yeah. We're back. Uh exactly. yeah, well that's that's the news. That answers the first part of the question from the intro. Fantasy is back. And uh it, it came across in an interesting way that, that I'll let Mike start that out in just a second. Before we get started, I want to give a, a quick shout out to uh, all of the new teams who have joined the league and made a crest. Because that's what I've decided is what's going to dictate when I give you the official shout out on this podcast is have you submitted a crest. So uh, welcome to Austin FC, to to Charlotte, and to St. Louis as well. Uh, welcome to our community. If you are listening to the podcast to get, as I said in one of our, our tweets, a little bit of, of pre-scouting for what your competition might be, be that fantasy managers or actual MLS teams, we welcome you. And especially I'm going to give a shout out to Chris H on Twitter, uh, an, an Austin supporter who was uh, doing some plugging for us amongst his fan base. I really appreciate that. And also at Los Verdes ATX, uh, a supporters group for Austin that also has several supporters. So hello to you all and apologies for what we've already said or any mispronunciations that you are sure to notice uh, for for any of the Hispanic <laughs> names that we, we probably will will butcher um but we have figured out carlos heel so we're yep, yep, we're moving yep. right along and i just want to assure people that, that we will butcher names across all ethnicities we are an that's equal true opportunity no that's 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 Even very true. english names that we should we have no reason to use for that, so <laughs> that's very true um we used to get feedback about it and people were annoyed i think most of you have have come to sort of love us for for some of this i mean uh I, but in all honestly i mean we're not professionals and i imagine there are many 
many casual fans and some hardcore fantasy fans who have the same mistakes we do in missteps with names, especially when they're teams you don't always watch. So uh, we always appreciate having um, names corrected for us, and uh, we also enjoy mispronouncing them sometimes. Long live David Villa. So that <laughs> is... Yes, that is how that is. But uh, no, again, uh, welcome to Ashley and a, and a shout out to you because we have been trying to figure out the details of MLS Fantasy is back for a couple of weeks. Been getting messages on Twitter, been reaching out to James and Ben to, to try to figure that out. And so today when I found out about the details or the potential of it coming back, I quickly reached out to Ashley and Matt Pollard to see if, if they could join us tonight to kind of have a big episode to kick it off. Uh, Matt could not, but Ashley answered the 98th minute plus call and uh, time. that's right it's just stoppage time she, she's pulling a, a, can, a sporting Fergie can, time a is what we call it in my house Fergie it's a reverse time. sporting kansas city is what we do here because you did it <laughs> you did it correctly and you didn't botch it uh so so we're happy that you could join us to jump back into fantasy because it's intense this is this is we're going to get into that but it's absolutely intense yeah. so Let's just uh, figure out what we know right now. So props to Ben and James. I know that they worked hard today, uh, Ben Bear and James Ballow, to, to get some of these changes happening. Uh, the only notification that's gone out right now officially, if you've been watching the website, is that Predict 6 is back. So we're definitely having that. But, Mike, I think you were the first one to break some of the news about the official game coming back. How did you sleuth that one out? I just sleuthed it by hitting the refresh button on MLSsoccer.com. <laughs> tricky, tricky. <laughs> yeah, the tr so tricky lawyer you. investigative tactics. Um, you know, I was kind of hoping that there was going to be an announcement today, so I just went to the MLS Fantasy website, um, and then the, the first thing I noticed was that they had actually loaded the schedule, um, the correct schedule. Um, if you've been paying attention the last few weeks, um, whenever I've had to access to look at the prayer prices to talk about their performance in the MLS is back. They had the wrong schedule, you know, whatever the schedule was pre-COVID. Um, today when I went in, the correct schedule had been loaded. Throughout the day, they would eventually add the correct times. <clears throat> and then they eventually added a message at the top, which said, MLS Fantasy has returned for the remainder of the 2020 MLS regular season. Fantasy week three begins Thursday. So that was an official confirmation. Now, James and uh, Ben had been kind of dropping a few hints on social media mm. that it was coming back. And James had come on our podcast and said it was coming back in some form. Um, and so with the regular season coming back in full force, we were kind of expecting it. Um, I think the biggest questions we had is one, when exactly it would kick off. Um, we didn't know if it was going to start with Dallas and Nashville. Um, and as much fun as having, you know, six players on a team and just kind of winging it, I think we're all glad that we didn't have to stay up on Sunday night and with our fantasy teams, fates tied to that. But um, obviously the Canadian uh, schedule was a late developing story, which I think kind of threw him for a loop and probably has delayed the announcement. So while I'd like to rant about what the fact we don't have an official announcement yet, I have a feeling that's uh, a big part of that and through thrown a pretty big wrench uh, in their plans. But as of right now, everything is live. You can go right now as I'm talking, make your team. Um, the statuses have changed to green. They're not all correct, or at least they weren't as of like four o'clock central standard time today. I have to go, I'll go double check while we're talking to see if they've fixed um, a few of the players. 
Um, obviously, there were a bunch of trades today, so I don't know if all of those have made it into the system yet. Obviously, there's a lot of work to do. But yeah, so we are starting on Thursday with the Hudson River Derby, um, 6 o'clock Central Standard Time, 7 o'clock Eastern. That'll be when the first lineups will lock. And then we have 22 teams on a double game week. In it is wild. It is wild. It is wild. It goes from Thursday to Wednesday, which I think is the only maybe the second time we've had a game week end on a Wednesday. Ooh, ooh, maybe. I don't know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, pro- probably like if it, I definitely the only time we've had it where it hasn't been an international week. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. sure. Probably one of the short weeks. Yeah. Uh, well, actually, we'll give Mike a second to, to catch up with some of his, his sleuthing right there. What was your first reaction when you found out that Fantasy was back? I mean, my first reaction was, how? How? <laughs> Not why. I mean, the answer to why was clear, but how um, are we going to navigate the amount of games with the way travel's done? Yeah. Um, and, and what format are they going to do? Looking at what they have... I mean, I think it's the most reasonable structure of a schedule. Because kind of like Mike said, when I thought about it, I thought, well, what day to what day are they going to kind of separate game weeks? Because to me, it's from a fan perspective, it's game months, right? Like the way that the new schedules have come out. Um, so when we first started talking in my household and with my group of friends that play, how would they break this up? And it looks like they're doing it in the in the most, you know, understandable way possible. Um, I'm also just a sucker for a double game week. So to live <laughs> most of a season is a double game season. Yes. Yes. Um, I mean, yeah, there's wrenches that get thrown in, but like, this is my, whenever I, you know, kind of slip in, in a couple points or ranking, I always say to my husband, just wait till that double game week comes up. Cause that's where I make my move. And so to have everything basically look like that format, I'm kind of excited, you know, like this whole season is an asterisk in most oh, for sure. um so i'm ready to just throw some stuff at the wall with this format and fantasy and i am kind of excited about it yeah so for those of you who may not have had the chance to check the schedule yet if you if you look it's uh just 14 weeks now uh we're we're starting at at week three and so you can well week three of the official uh game week system uh, right there, but if, if you check over at, at the schedule, um, weeks one and two are still in the system. We're starting at, at week three, and it goes through week fourteen. So only weeks one or three through six have a schedule. Week seven only has one team on there, so uh, there's still there's still some evolution. Mm-hmm. There's still some data entry yeah. going on here, but at least uh, for the short short window that we have. Uh, we're back. You have the information you need, so you can look ahead if you if you'd like. But definitely, Ashley makes a good point about how some of this is going on. Depending on what happens across the nation, there definitely could be some adjustments or changes. I would not be surprised if if some of those things yeah. happen. So, uh, head over to the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord channel. Keep an eye on Twitter. Keep an eye on the MLSsoccer.com website. Uh, as things, if things, fingers crossed, prayers that they don't change but if they do uh definitely those are some places you can keep on top of any changes that will happen what's changed right now uh mike's touched the schedule mike's touched the player updates the other big news is the champions league format that we had is still in place so at the beginning of the season if you've forgotten and i can't blame you if you have 
at the beginning of the season, we had this Champions League system. And the season was essentially divided up into five quarters. The first five quarters. Five five chunks with the first four That would be a those. very MLS thing. Yeah, well, I, was, I, had this, I had four. I had four in my head because the the first four chunks of the season, there's, there's where the quarters thing came in. Uh, the first four chunks of the season, the top 50 players from each each uh, round, each quarter, was going to be added into, we're going to be added into a Champions League final playoff for that fifth quarter. We're just going to keep going with that. For that fifth quarter of the, the tournament. That's that's adjusted. Uh, we were going to have 250, or 200 players then. Now we're going to have 250 players. So if you were a top 50 player from weeks one and two, the first quarter of the season... You are in. You are in the Champions League playoff. Congrats. Congrats. For quarter two, that's going to be weeks three through six. The top 100 players are going to be entered into the Champions League playoff. And then quarter three will be weeks seven through ten, with weeks 11 through 14 being the actual playoff. So 100 players from each of those two next two quarters are going to be added into the Champions League. 250 of us are going to be playing for a second shot at prizes. I say a second shot because uh, the overall weeks 1 through 14, we have our our first through 20th place cash prizes, likely gift cards, that are going to be given out to the players. And then also for the Champions League, those same uh, first through 20th places are going to get cash prizes again, uh, the same value. So first place gets 1500 and then 16 through 20th get 50 bucks. So, um, yeah, it's, it's still great. The, the highest scoring team in each league of the 26 official clubs is still going to get a hundred dollar dollar gift card as well. So, uh, that's how the prizes are, are lined out. This is the same thing there. That's how the champions league is lined out. So that's still a pretty awesome feature to this yeah. season. Uh, getting on to our our housekeeping section here, because that's all we know. That's that's all we know. Yeah. Haven't seen any other questions before we move on to the housekeeping. Anything else, Ashley, you and Mike want to touch on before we get to some more details for people? Uh, I have to give a tiny shout out to Andrea Nakamura, who I've talked about. She's my number one number one fantasy conspirator in crime, and she's number two right now. Okay. You gave her a shout out too. She's uh, she's in our Sounders league. And go. so she was hoping fantasy would never come back so she could just sit in that spot <laughs> and just own it over all of us forever. Because uh, I don't think any of us that play together have ranked that high. So she'll be very sad to hear all these updates, but I'm excited. <laughs> that is pretty good. What's your rank right now, Ashley? Not that. Not that? Okay. okay. Not two. <laughs> not two. No, two is very good. I, I yeah, I just here. looked. I was sure. like, my number was in the like the four digits, which I didn't really care because it was like, oh, it's week two. We got like thirty more weeks. Now. It's gonna be <laughs> right, exactly. I just kind of took a vacation. I wasn't paying attention. I'll yeah. just figure out what's going. On. Yeah, no, <laughs> slow uh, off the first week. <laughs> definitely seen some oh. names. It looks like Blaine's with us. Definitely see some names that I recognize in the top fifty already. Uh, we've yeah. we've got. Uh, uh, Prince Metal is one of our Patreon followers. Uh, we've got, got the Krusty Casey hat. We've got Mito. <laughs> That's right. Here we go. Mito's in. Uh, MLS Fantasy Stats is in right there. Um, Older Goaler is, is right in there with us. So a lot of guys that jump out. Sorry if I don't recognize your names. I don't know all the team names right here. Uh, but yeah, it'll be it'll be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. Welcome, Blaine. Uh, is Blaine wearing an RSL jersey? No. 
<laughs> it's kind of what it looks like. To it me. does. It, yeah, I, I thought, thought the same thing. Marks the colors, which is almost worse. Okay, there you go. <laughs> uh, right now. Uh, welcome, welcome, Blaine, to the podcast. Uh, we are we are live, and uh, we've just been talking about what we know about MLS Fantasy is back. Uh, the the schedule updates, the player updates, the Champions League updates. Before we move on, I'm going to get what was your reaction when you heard about MLS Fantasy is back. I'm just happy it's back. There we go. I mean, probably best reaction is a little bit of relief. <laughs> like we can we can play. Like there's it's not going away. I know James told us it wasn't going away, but that's always been kind of the big fear. So like just relief that we're gonna go ahead and play, and my draft league can really get started back up too. There you go. There you go. I like Shannon. That she was excited for it to be back. Uh, Shannon also joined us in our live stream during the MLS is Back tournament final. So, uh, for the few people who were able to join us, the couple who were able to join us for that, uh, thanks for doing it. It was a lot of fun. We'll try to do one later if people are up for that. So, uh, it was good times. All right, let's move on to the housekeeping section right here. So, as we already covered, week three is a monster week for MLS Fantasy. It starts on 8-20. That's Thursday, as Mike said with the uh, <clears throat> New York Derby. And then it goes through 8-26, which is Wednesday of the following week. So 8-20 through 8-26, 22 double game weeks. It's it's an absolutely ridiculous thing. There are no triple game weeks. That's another reason why the uh, Toronto-Vancouver game is not included, because that would have given Vancouver a, a triple game week, which has almost happened once. In fantasy history, but that was preseason, and Ben corrected that early on. So that's another reason why this this date was selected. For and we the still start. wouldn't have recommended Vancouver players. I know it wasn't <laughs> Vancouver. I think it was it was either Montreal or San Jose. Who, it was Montreal. It was okay. I remember. I was just it was blue. It was blue. Oh, I don't know if people saw that Reddit graphic for all the shades of red after St. Louis joined, but I I made one for blue, and I didn't post it. But it, it was a mistake because there are so many blues. It was so much bigger. It was so much bigger. It was it was wild. Uh, but anyway, so week three is a monster week. Give you a preview right now. Week four is a is a tiny tiny, tiny week. Week four is only uh, is only October October August twenty eighth. I have October okay. on the Miami because that's when my sons do. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, is eight twenty eight through eight thirty. <laughs> so it's just that Friday Saturday Sunday. So it's a short short round uh but this is going to preserve the ability for us to have time to react to each round to make our team changes and also for james and ben and the whole and the the provider to be able to make the updates that we need make our picks so it helps not have those little quick turnarounds that that just suck as a fantasy player and that's pretty clearly the method behind the scheduling yeah and in fact when we had james on um during the break when we talked about the MLS's back that was the reason he gave for not being able to host any kind of fantasy game during yep. the tournament was the, the short turnaround and you can't sense. promote it and you know casual players are not going to have a chance they'll miss out so um when we're trying to figure out what schedule changes might result as far as fantasy changes I expect that will be the guiding principle mm-hmm. that they'll is try to give players as much opportunity absolutely to change uh, I also want to give a very important update. As Ashley said, this is just double game week city. This is just absolutely crazy for the rest of the season. There is a new double game week rule 
for this 2020 fantasy season. The new rule is you do not get, you do not get the points from both games for your players. You only get the points from the highest scoring game. Very important to remember, especially with some of the double homes or double aways that we have with these teams and for, for making your selections. So uh, keep that in mind when you're making those selections, especially <laughs> since uh, we saw it some in the MLS's back tournament. Five substitutions. Players were definitely rotated. A lot of that, well, I'm not going to say a lot of that, but at least half of that, I'm going to say, 50% was due to it being in Orlando. That, that's why games were played late. As It's just the heat. So we can't disregard the heat element for the MLS's back tournament. But I don't expect teams to just be like, well, we're going to pretend like we have three. I think they're still going to utilize these uh, mm -hmm. five subs, especially since some teams are going to have quick turnarounds, quick flights. Who knows what could happen? Well, they're with, all, with they're all going to have it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, they're all going to have it. The um, well, you know, some of them aren't necessarily as bad, depending if you're staying with in Cascadia or something like that. So some, not all flights are created equal, but yeah. Um, but I mean, it's probably important to note for viewers if you're just kind of blogging back into MLS is like the, the, one of the changes MLS made to try to reduce exposure to COVID is that all teams yeah. are basically flying in, having playing the game, and then flying right back out. So yeah. that way they don't have yeah. hotel stays and have to try to do a bubble. Um, which makes a lot of sense. It's caused some, you know, hiccups as far as scheduling. That's why you're going to get a lot of night games from now. On. Yeah. Um, but right. So but yeah, that, that'll so, be an issue that all visiting teams will have to deal with. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the big news here. I don't know if Mike, you've got some particular ones you want to keep an eye on, but trades, trades, trades. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Have there been trades? You notice I'm I'm kitted up for FC Cincinnati because I'm just waiting for my call up. Yeah. Uh, Come yeah, get, get me, man. coach. I I know how to ride the bench. I'm I'm great. I'm great. Put me in. I thought trending on Twitter today. Regis I know. Cincy. I know Regis Cincy. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's what needs to happen. It's it's great. Uh, I was a defender in high school. I'm sure I could run for a couple minutes. Uh, let's see. Uh, no, but no, all kinds of trades that are going along. Are there any that you all want to point out right now of particular importance that people want to pay attention to? Um, I don't know about the, I mean, Tommy Mack went to New England. New England made a bunch That's of moves, including uh, Mane. Mm -hmm. um, I, I mean, I love Tommy Mack. I think he's a great yeah. player. I don't know that he replaces Carlos Heel as far as what he'd do, but Bruce Arena will probably create a new system and still make the playoffs regardless. Um, probably the most important fantasy move that's happened in the past few weeks is Dio Mande suddenly leaving LAFC to go back to Norway. Yeah. Um, I've seen some people speculate on Twitter that maybe this means BWP will be more of a regular starter. And that's something we're going to be very interested in because BWP is priced very cheaply because he was expected to be a sub. Um, we saw how well he did in the MLS's back tournament. Um, he's tortured my teams for years. So I'm just glad he's not in the Red Bulls. <laughs> but um, that, that's probably yeah. the most important fantasy news um, um, so far. Um, there's a lot of trades circulating. Um, the biggest one fantasy wise, I think is Reggie Cannon yep. is expected. Yep, sure. um, Dallas supporters tweeted out that essentially Reggie Cannon said his goodbyes after last night's game. Um, so that move is expected to happen. He'll be a big yep. loss. Um, it'll be interesting to see who replaces him because he, he'll probably be a good value pick. Um, I don't know if there's any others that y'all want to highlight that, um, that'll have some I know we don't like Vancouver, but Imbom has left the league as well for Vancouver. Yeah. One of their few 
pretty consistent fantasy yeah. options and he's gone. Yeah. Um, not a team we pick up very often, but he's been priced right to make it into some teams and yeah. in certain situations he's put up some really good fantasy numbers, but that's yep. gone now. Um yeah, I think you're right, Mike. The Cannon one is definitely the biggest one, and and that's a good point too, Blaine, mm-hmm. with Vancouver, because that I've seen him on a couple of teams I've seen floating around, or at least I heard him talk about it when people were talking about teams floating around. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, so and Coleman also is all, also out of the league. Five defender for mm-hmm. Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I mean, not out of the yep. league, but went to um, one of the USL, USL? teams. Yeah. So great switcheroo in a season where finding switcheroos is going to be difficult. Yep. Yeah, Axel Hoberry's uh, gone to DC United, so that could be uh... that could be really good for them. Um, I know, I think we talked about it a little bit last week. Maybe it, I can't remember if it came up or not, but maybe that was on the the show. You didn't come out to watch the final with us. You didn't get to hear this. Alex Moyle's going to, I guess, Nashville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and he yep. priced, He's a, he's in that five million range too, and he's a potential starter for Nashville. And I don't know what your take on Nashville is after. Um, the two Dallas games, but they, I think it might be more of an indictment on Dallas than it is a prop for Nashville. <laughs> but you you add a player like that to a team that looked halfway decent um, at that price point, maybe he's worth an option. Definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Some so definitely some moves. Keep an eye on those. There should be more to come. Um, the last time I checked, it looked like all the players had been updated in the system, but I don't know if you noticed any, Mike, but it looks like everyone's pretty much been caught up. And I've got to say, I forget who mentioned Tommy McNamara. I am still bitter about Tommy McNamara no. because... No, for sure, because FC Cincinnati should have picked him up during the 2018 uh, yeah. expansion draft. That was ridiculous sure. that we went for, yep. for Lamar. That was ridiculous that we went for Eric Alexander. And I was so upset mm-hmm. that they did not get Tommy Mack. And I'm... I didn't even, hadn't even thought about it. And then I saw that news and I was like, I am bitter. I am still bitter after all this time about that. You mad at Tommy Mack? No, I'm not mad at Tommy Mack. I'm just mad about like the situation. I'm like, why? Why did we should have, I don't think he would have saved the season by golly, but he would have been better than Eric Alexander. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Mack is is such a great New York city player, especially like in his last game with the Houston Dynamo, making sure that the Dynamo didn't score that winning goal to make sure New York city made the, the group, the playoffs. I mean, he was a regular for me when he was at Chivas for fantasy. That was, I think, my first season in fantasy, and he was so, so fun to have. I think he's an interesting player for Bruce Arena to just bring in like that, Mm -hmm. which makes me think he has plans for him. And if he does, again, he'll be fun for fantasy because he's never priced that high, but with the people around him, he could make some gives the opportunity to make some flashes in fantasy with all those other people around, you know? Apologies to Twitter friend Mariel, who I know loves Eric Alexander. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, tell, me, I mean, tell me Mac, all the yeah, way. No, Tommy Mac. I'm right there with you. I, I, I found Tommy Mac when he got, what, the one goal for Chivas that first year, his rookie year. Like, <laughs> he was one of those guys that on a bad team, he started, he showed a few flashes of brilliance and just yep somebody I wanted to see do something with his career and since he would have been a great spot for him to get consistent time. And just sure. go. Okay. Uh, the last thing before we move on to our actual player picks, uh, I know this, this episode will probably run a little bit long because we want to make sure we cover all that we can, but normally during the housekeeping section, for those of you who may be new, 
Uh, we cover these important little reminders. We also cover which teams are on a double game week. We're not doing that this week because almost everybody is on a double game week. And it's just easier to tell you who's not on a double game week. Uh, the teams who are not on a double game week this week, uh, Mike has tweeted this news out. I think I'm going to try to convert that into a graphic if I have time, Mike, because that was that was really good info. Uh, TFC Toronto does not have a double game week. Montreal does not have a double game week, nor do Minnesota or San Jose. And of those four teams, San Jose is the most important one that I believe mm -hmm. you want to know about. Uh, Mike, do you want to give a quick rundown of who has a double home and a double away? Uh, yes, I can. All right, so your double, um, <clears throat> there are not many teams with double home. Uh, but before I get into it, I'm just going to quick mention, because we haven't mentioned on the podcast, the reason the Canadian teams are kind of um, being a little wonky Good is call. because uh, the border is still technically closed for non-essential travel. So what MLS is doing is essentially creating like a Canadian mini tournament. Um, so Vancouver is flying to Toronto to play two games against Toronto. Then they'll go play two games against Montreal. And then the teams will go to Vancouver to go play two games and two games um, each. So they'll play three games total against each team. Um, and it'll you can look at the schedule to work it out. So Toronto is actually playing uh, tomorrow or Tuesday, depending on when you listen to this, against Vancouver. So even though it doesn't count for double game week fantasy-wise, as far as rotations and stuff, that they'll be faced with the double game week. It's probably a good thing because we'll actually get a first glimpse to see what they'll do with the healthy, healthy, healthy Josie and Akinola together. So that'll be a big thing. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that for when sure. We get into picks. Um, as far as the um, home team, there's only one team that is double home, and that is Inter Miami. Uh, double road is um, Vancouver, like I just mentioned, uh, Nashville, and Seattle. So those are the teams um, that will have to face in and out twice. Everyone else is home and away. And uh, you mentioned San Jose is the, probably the most important. And that is because San Jose is one of the very last teams to kick off. I don't think they kick off. Is, is it until Wednesday? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because yeah, they, they play against um, – uh, they, play, they play against Portland. So um, – I think of the double game week teams, Portland and Seattle are the last ones to kick off because they start on uh, Sunday and then they mm -hmm. play again on Wednesday. Very so we've got, we've got fun games on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. It's a soccer palooza. <laughs> soccer palooza. All right. Excellent. Yes. Good tips, good updates. And of course, if you're new, the reason we like to point this out is traditionally teams playing at home have uh, a points advantage, uh, just a statistical advantage to the, the points they're likely to get the success rate for uh, fantasy in general and for their just winning in general. Uh, the, the home field advantage is real in MLS. So we tend to favor those teams. But again, this is new, new ground that we're treading. Uh, we're not doubling up those points like you'd usually expect about one and a half more points because of a double home game. You're still only getting the best of those two games. So I'm very interested to hear how you all have uh, adapted that new rule twist. Uh, if you have single game week teams in your list, if you're looking at a team when they're away as opposed to when they might be at home, if that's the game you're expecting maybe a higher point total from, uh, this, is, this is a new environment. So I'm excited that we're getting to experience this double game week atmosphere, just just rapid fire. So uh, let's just start with our player picks, as always, with uh, the blended 
keepers and defenders. So Blaine, let's uh, let's kick off with you right here. Skip me for the first one because I've been out with the wife all evening, and so my roster is not quite up to Boo. date. So Boo, time. sir. Wow. Boo. Dare you. How dare you. Jeez. All right. Michael, Family let's... over fantasy. That's <laughs> I know. Um, it's weird for me. So I'm going to be honest. Uh, defense and goalkeeper is the spot where I have the most trouble just because yeah. after the MLS back tournament, I've had a really hard time figuring out who is a good defense or if it's teams just the layoff is just causing. Like, I mean, like we talked about Nashville and Dallas. I don't think it's because Nashville is good. I just think it's because Dallas is bad. So kind of looking at the results, I'm like, I'm not sure who, who's really good. So this is where I have a bunch of like single game week and weird players that I'll probably pick change before Thursday, but this is what I have. <laughs> So right now I have a keeper with Westberg and Diop. Um, yes, okay. those are both single game week players, but they're both single game week players against Vancouver. Um, mm -hmm. One of my main themes this week is I don't know who's good, but I think I have a few ideas as to who's bad and I'm going to pick those players <laughs> against. And I, I've seen, a, I didn't watch a ton of Vancouver, but I've saw enough XG maps and enough of Vancouver to know that they, they need a miracle and a prayer to score a goal. So I'm trying to load up against them as much as I can. As far as defenders, I've got um, Harrison Awful, um, Columbus. I'm really looking at their match against Chicago. Uh, New York City has also had tr struggles getting the ball into the net this year under Delia's system. Maybe a month has fixed that. I'm not super confident about that. So, But, I mean, mostly I've, I'm banking on the Chicago match. Chicago was really struggling to generate chances, which is why they lost to Vancouver. Um, another defender, and this will surprise you, Reed, I picked an FC Cincinnati player. Oh, my it's goodness. It's a weird week. Oh, my goodness. I picked a Plagne, Um, And that's because of the matchups that they've got. They also play Chicago, and they also play D.C. United. Um, D.C. United really needs, like, a uh, top striker, I think, to really get um, back into generating chances. They struggled in MLS's back tournament. Chicago, I just mentioned. Um, and then the other player I have um, for defense is Ruan. Um, from Orlando. Orlando's defense carried them uh, to MLS final. They also get to play the two expansion teams in Miami against Nashville. Um, honestly, I may bank um, some more um, for Orlando. And then I have another single game week player um, as part of the switcheroo is Simon. Um, I may kind of change that depending on what I see from Toronto's lineup uh, on Tuesday. But again, I'm banking heavy against uh, the clean sheet at, at Vancouver. And if he doesn't get it, then I can kind of play around with it a little bit. Who is your keeper, switcher, keeper again? I have Westberg and Diop. Westberg is in it, and Diop is coming off the bench. Yeah, I think that's important to point out right now that if you're trying to work on switcheroos or keeperoos with this one, it's going to be easier with these single game week players because your the players will lock when their team plays. So even if they don't, mm -hmm play in the first game uh, you won't be able to add them in for their second game to try to get their points from that second that second game so mm -hmm. they're still going to be locked so it is going to make some some uh interesting just uh obstacles to navigate if you're trying to get a switcheroo or a keeperoo in this atmosphere right here which i mean to be honest isn't really any different than before they they still locked but 
if you're hoping, if you're banking on that later game, if you miss the first game locking before the rolling lockouts hit, you're not going to get either one. So, uh, rough, rough times. It's, time. it, it's, the plethora of double game weeks is going to make it difficult. Most of the yeah. time, you're just going to be running otter ruse. Um, yeah. Yeah. Rough. Bold. Bold. Are, are you ready, yeah. Blaine, or do we need to have Ashley go? Yes, I think I'm okay. ready. <laughs> um, I'm kind of. I'm kind of following Mike's take on some of this. I went with teams I could bet against a little more often sure. here. Um, Ruan is a great call for for the way he plays. He gets forward. Um, he's got some good defensive numbers on a pretty good clean sheet shout. Um, and then Westberg's an easy pick for Keeperu on your bench to start with. He's going to play one of those earlier games. You're going to get to see that score before you see the other games. And, and so I really like that. But in the in the keeper room with him, I've got Galese from Orlando uh, playing against Miami and Nashville. Um, that's a good one. Uh, Miami could throw it at him, and it could be a good one. But Nashville just they got one goal against Dallas this, over those two games. I don't see them having a lot going forward. That's really the banking on the second game. He could get the points in the first one, but I just think this defense is too strong. And he's only six point six. It's not a bad investment. Um, I don't know. I just I looked at uh, looking at bad teams. Um, Columbus definitely could get some coverage here. I've got Keita with Wormgore out. Keita's playing. He's four point six. Uh, just a good option to save some money. And then I don't know. I don't know if the Galaxy are going to score on LAFC. I've got Segura in there. He's kind of a big money placeholder on defense. Um, that's probably going to get changed. But I went ahead and threw him out there. And then. On my bench, who may get rotated in, is Dave Romney from Nashville. Um, I still don't trust Atlanta to score. Um, I just I don't see it yet. Um, I'm willing to gamble on a four million defender that starts and and Atlanta not scoring. I'm not worried about the Orlando game. That one could be bad, but I mean a four million starter against Atlanta who failed to score a goal in the entire tournament. Um, I will take those odds every time. All right. Ashley, you're up. Um, I'm running a kind of similar keeper route to what Blaine had suggested, but I have not heard or seen anything to tell me that room for Columbus is going to start. Stop me if you have. Um, and their backup keepers are 4.5. And so having one, whoever is going to start um, on my bench and then starting with Galici, who I like with Orlando, um, can give some opportunity to see how that Columbus keeper does. If I don't like it, I keep him in. And if I do like it, I'll scratch him out. Um, so I, that's just kind of giving me some wiggle room with budget that I like. Um, having a starting keeper out isn't always a great thing, but, yeah. um, you know, with these budget caps, it kind of is. Um, I can't believe I'm going to say this because <laughs> I never have in my life. But in the defense of Vancouver, oh, okay. just, just to kind of play devil's advocate here, they were missing four of their – all of the money they spend on their team wasn't at MLS. Everyone for their team that even has a possibility of scoring didn't go. Um, so they're rested but not game ready, and I am not as quick to count them out. Um, just, again, like I said, just to kind of play that side – I'm not saying they're going to do well and I'm not picking up anyone from their team, but okay. I'm not going as heavy against them not scoring with the money they've spent in Montero. And who's the Canadian guy, the Canadian striker. Um, yeah. 
we haven't really seen him do anything yet, and his hype coming into this season was pretty massive, I would say. Um, so I'm not I'm not too sold on that, but don't quote me on that because Mike will attack me as soon as they go goalless. In four <laughs> games. But some Cascadia not, not, com- camaraderie is what that is. Yeah, sure. They're nice, you know. They're Canadian. They're not that mean. Um, they did throw a lot of shade at the Sounders on social media during a loss back, though, and that didn't go too great. Um, I'm also unsure about this Nashville defense. I do think that FC Dallas is bad, um, but Walker Zimmerman just looks like a, a kind of a newborn center defender, and I'm kind of into it. Um, he's expensive, <laughs> as he should be, yeah. um, but I'm going to roll with him for now. Um, I also really like, yes, you predicted it, Reed, uh, Chris Duvall for Portland because he's playing in a midfield position but is listed mm-hmm. as a defender, um, and he's only 5.5. I don't know how much he's going to play long term, um, and he might get rotated, but I also like Tuoloma, who made some appearances in that tournament, and he's only 5.0. Um, and I like Portland's chances against Seattle. Um, quick off that turnaround, they're hyped off that um, win, if that's what you want to call it, trophy. If it's, yes. it's a trophy, right? Yes. They won it. They did it. Silverware. Um, so, exactly. It counts. Um, so, I, I don't think that that game's going to be a cakewalk. I also like Ruan. I think everybody does. Um, if you want to spend the money on Matinho... I like him a little more when I watch him play, but he's 7.0, which is just a lot. Defend on an Orlando defender. Um, and then I'm also looking at that LAFC defense. Um, and who's their second game? They play the Galaxy, and then who's their uh, game? RSL. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. Um, I, I like, even though they're going to RSL, I kind of like that. Yeah. Um, Segura is expensive for me. Palacios played a lot of the tournament. He's 5.5. Um, so that's just the kind of, I don't know that you'd call 5.5 a budget pick, but, um, I'm looking there to kind of save some money because I don't trust defenses in this first round more than I do trust midfielders and forwards. So I'm kind of trying to save some money in my back line. Yeah. I definitely feel that this is a, uh, maybe the rest of the season with all the crazy that's gone on, that this is almost mm-hmm. a season where you go with three defenders your two blanks are right there maybe give yourself room for a a switcheroo back there but you focus most of it on this attack because it's it's just so wild i think you guys have mentioned a lot of of great picks love that uh columbus shout out ashley i hadn't thought about that one myself with going with some of their budget people yeah no for sure Uh, i mean we got lots of great options with columbus if you want to go in the midfield not midfield if you want to go in the center with with Mensa, if you want to go on the wings with with Offler Valenzuela, I think I think Columbus is a great team. A uh, couple of names I'll throw out just because I haven't heard them there, and people may be considering them, and I think they're viable options. Um, if you want to look at someone like 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 Moore over at Colorado, uh, he had mm-hmm. some great numbers during during the tournament. A, a solid keeper if you or defender if you want to bank on uh, maybe a clean sheet or at least some bonus point generation. Philadelphia had some great defensive performances during the MLS's back tournament. Yep. So if you want to look at someone like, like Elliot, that could be, he's, he's cheap. He played, uh, as well during the tournament. So you could check out some of those, those options there for some, some good, good defensive performance. And then we mentioned earlier San Jose. And, uh, I think Nick Lima is someone that could be on a radar. The mm-hmm. advantage with San Jose is you all can have a, a switcheroo setup with uh, let's just go with uh, with Jack Elliott. So you have Elliott on your bench. You want to see how 
Philadelphia performs, you see those numbers, you're like, wow, they sucked. I don't want Elliott. You can swap out a, a player who hasn't played yet uh, and go with Nick Lima. And that could be your single game week player who plays. Now, San Jose plays late in the round, so you may already have a San Jose player in that spot. You may be going with some budget San Jose player anyway, and you just upgrade to that player. Nick Lima's 4.0. So yep. that's someone that is is easy to work into a lot of your teams. So that that could replace a scrub that you have set there already. Um, it's it's going to be difficult to find some of those. I think uh, who's the next closest one to the end, Mike, who has a single game week? Uh, Montreal? No, um, yeah, Montreal plays on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason we mentioned San Jose is San Jose is literally the last <coughs> group of kickoffs. Um, yeah. 930 yeah. Central on that Wednesday. So you'll pretty much have seen every score roll in except for um, RSL and LAFC will still be going on. Um, and there's a bunch of there's like a 7:30 game between Dallas and Colorado um, that'll be just wrapping up. So you'll have seen most of the double game week scores. So you can yeah. make a really good call. So, so if you're that's trying, why San Jose is really key this week. If you're trying to do some crazy things with San Jose and actually use their players, you're going <clears> to <throat> definitely have to see their lineup to find out who you're going to swap. Because like I said, you might have Nick Lima in your team. He's a 4.0 player. He's likely going to play, so you can't depend on him being swapped out if you have a great guy on your bench. So you're going to want to pivot to somebody who is not going to play. So you're going to have to leave possibly some budget room to make some of these trades if you're looking at doing some some fancy fantasy 2.0, not 2.0, fancy 201 uh, maneuvers with your team this week. But uh, San Jose and Montreal are going to give you the most flexibility with how you react. Yeah, and Reed, while you're talking about that, I want to point out, I just, I've sorted my list, um, three, six, nine. San Jose has 10 guys priced at the four, 4 million mark. Yeah. And that's in all three, that's in all four mm-hmm. positions. They've got goalkeeper, forwards, I mean, only a single forward, and I think a single goalkeeper. But that's a lot of flexibility, two goalkeepers at that point, and there's no way both goalkeepers are going to dress. because mls you say this because mls sure but i mean it's you're looking at a lot of options here for switcheroo candidates and for your scrubs you can throw these guys in and nick lima and chase salinas are two names we expect to play there there's a couple of defenders i don't even know so you've got some options if you see one guy in the lineup there's this is 10 players there's no way (laughs) even with the 23 man because I think what we're up to 23 players are going to dress for game time instead of 18. Yep. Yeah. So even with 23, you're going to see a few of these names missing out. Um, they're great shout out this week to go grab your San Jose players as your scrubs because you've got some flexibility at the last minute. And if by chance you have something happen where all of your scrubs happen to be on the bench, um, they have some other cheaper options if you leave a little bit of budget that you can go grab somebody else and throw them in there that's probably not in the tw- game day 23. Uh, we also have a shout-out uh, from chat from Adam who says that uh, Brooks Lennon is an interesting option at 4.7 since they play both expansive teams. And then Patrick says, don't sleep on Atlanta. Interim coach is getting back into the attack-minded play as opposed to that junk fdb had going on plus new signings will be available uh i don't think that is uh 
going to help the defense? That's the question I asked back. Um, but that helps us transition into midfielders. So, Mike, you traditionally Ooh. kick this one off. Who do you got for okay. midfield? All right. So, <clears throat> right now I have uh, K in midfield from LAFC. That's mostly a placeholder. The main thing is I'm going to look at that lineup against LA Galaxy. Mm-hmm. That defense for LA Galaxy is garbage. I want LAFC players against it. So I have K right now. I'll kind of see what happens um, going forward with who actually starts and what the rotation is, but that's definitely somewhere I want to go. Um, then I want um, Zellerian uh, for Columbus, uh, probably one of the standout midfielders. Looks to be a great signing. Um, was super involved and was one of the reasons why we expected Columbus to be a, a favorite to win MLS is back time. It didn't end up working out, but I, th- I think he'll be tremendous regardless. Then I have another single game week player. I have Pozuelo. I really, I really don't like Vancouver. <laughs> um, they gave up so many expected goals. They were, they needed yeah. Hassal to pull out miracle after miracle. I, I think Toronto um, with a little bit of a chip on its shoulder from an early exit that they probably didn't deserve with Akinola, with Josie Altidore, I think he's going to tear it up. I, We know how good Pazuelo is regardless. So I'm okay with, especially with, you know, the double game week rule, reducing everyone to a single game week score. I think Pazuelo against Vancouver is a pretty good shout. And then I have uh, Nicholas Ladero. Um, against Portland, not a great <laughs> matchup, but, you know. Ashley's um, face. Not, not the best matchup, but Portland has also not been keeping clean sheets, so I don't think it's the worst mm-hmm. of things. And Seattle's sure. main problems are on the defensive end, not yeah, the fair. offensive end. And then they play the LA Galaxy, so I'm okay with that. Because so, if I can get Ladero and Jordan Morris running ripshot again, it doesn't matter what Seattle has as long as like Ladero yeah. is playing, he'll get great points against that. So sure. we all know what Ladero can do. So I've got um, – that's my midfield. I spent a lot of money in midfield, as you can tell. Four players. Um, prepared to play – to put more in, yeah. Yep. Uh, well, actually, you had – for those of you who are listening and, and could not catch this on uh, the reaction, Ashley cringed when, when Mike said Ladero. And, and I have to know why, and you got to give us your list at the same time. Well, I asked you guys before we went on air what you, you know, how you liked the tournament, what you watched, and I watched every single Seattle Sounders game as one would. Um, and there was just a lot going on there without JP behind him. Um, in the tournament, we had a lot of the Sounders had a lot of injuries, and Nico just wasn't able to produce anything. I would have liked to have seen what his stats would look like from a fantasy perspective in that play um, because. He just really wasn't able to click, um, and the midfield just really struggled to produce defensively and offensively. Um, so I am under the impression that JP is going to start, um, which makes a big difference for Nico's production. So I might take that cringe back. But at the moment, um, if Nico's starting with an altered two midfielders behind him, I don't like it. Um, just because he and Rui Diaz just haven't seemed to get off the ground offensively yet. Um, but if JP's starting, I like it a little better. Um, I love it against the Galaxy, but not so much against Portland. But you're right. If you're looking at it from the best four out of those two games perspective, we're not going to rotate. Seattle's not going to rotate Nico Ladero um, unless he gets hurt. So 
I am going, I'm not going to start with my Portland midfielder because that just feels so wrong. We'll do but a quick clarification, right? Just people, uh, JP is Jao Plow, for those of you who Sorry, may yeah. not be up to everybody. Jao Paolo. Yeah, Paolo. Yeah. JP is so much easier. Uh, it, it really is. <laughs> well, my, my wife's old boss name was, was Paolo, so. Um, okay. <laughs> so you that's. You got the practice. Yeah, yeah. He was Italian, though, but I mean, it, 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 it worked. <laughs> It works. So, yeah. anyway. Uh, um, I loved Nani. I, I mean, people were kind of hit or miss with him on the tournament, but Orlando is just driving to Miami and then going back home to play, <laughs> you know, not a good team. So, I I like Nani still. Um, he claims to be in the best shape of his life right now, which as someone who's grown up as a Manchester United fan, I don't know how that's possible, but he says it, so I'll believe him. Um, I also like Zola Ryan. I, I mean, he just – He'd already impressed me, but then in the tournament, you know, he was just clutch. Um, I have Blanco. Um, I mean, he was also just very fun to watch. There's been this transition watching Portland of when is Blanco going to overtake Diego Valeri in fantasy and slash in playing time, and I think this that time is now. Um, so I liked him in the tournament. If he's not getting rested, he's in my midfield for sure. Um and then I'm also going back and forth between what LAFC midfielder to have. Um, I agree with Mike that I want them there for that Galaxy, that Galaxy game for sure. Um, it just depends on what that lineup looks like. No, that's a good call. It it, it makes you wonder, could have Orlando have been just like, hey, Disney, let's just let us stay here. We're just going right. to chill for our stay next two bubble. games right here. Miami yeah. doesn't come back. We're good. Yeah. We'll see. Um, Nani, a name that Mike did not pick up as well, though. Do you have any worries, Mike, about his fitness for this game? Um, I don't know about worries about his fitness. It's more just the question marks I have about, like, I don't know how good Inter-Miami and Nashville are defensively. So, um, and and my my main issue with Nani, and we saw a little bit in in um, in the final is that he's kind of like hot or cold. Like if he's on yeah. a game, like you absolutely want him, but sometimes he just kind of disappears. Um, and, and there's a concern I have with him that, you know, the tournament was like a big moment for him and he's not as passionate about this. Sure. It's just kind of one of those, it, I think he's a great player. I think you can argue him on, on your team. And I, and I wouldn't say like, it's a bad pick. It's just one of those where I'm comfortable with this was I was just targeting the teams I know who's trash. And I'm not as sold about that. And I know, like, guys like Pazuelo and Ladero, I feel more com- comfortable with. Although Ashley's making me feel bad about my Ladero pick. How does the Seattle Sanders pick? He's a lot of money for not – I mean, if you watch them in the tournament, and like I said, there's a lot of health issues. He, he's expensive for <clears throat> me feeling a little questionable about it. But don't second-guess yourself, Mike. Go with your gut. <laughs> She's like, go with it. Blaine, all right, who are you going with? Yeah, so I like the Nani pick as well. He was one of the first ones I added after after the tournament. Just he was hot. I mean, the final wasn't as good for him, but he was hot through yeah. the tournament. Um, Miami and Nashville are opponents that I like that matchup for, and the road game being Miami, that's what forty five minutes on a plane, thirty minutes on a plane. Yeah, like that's not that's not near the two three hours that some of these other clubs are going to have, and then get off the plane and go. That's like a car trip for me to to, to the to the city down the road down the highway. Like that's nothing. So, yep. I I I think that one's gonna be fine. Um, 
Zellerion is kind of my must-own this week. Um, 9.8, you saw what he did at the tournament. He's not even at the 10, 11, 12 mark yet. Um, he's looking like one of those super premiums. Um, how he's still at 9.8 is beyond me, but that'll I'll take it with the few matchups they've got. It's called months of not having fantasy soccer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Chicago game's really where you're banking on your points, but the way New York City's defense kind of played in the tournament, um, sorry, Mike, but... That's one of those you kind of. Oh, gotta, they're trash. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll finish like, your sentence for you. <laughs> you know, even with even with the flight that day, like that's a huge detractor for me. Like I have a hard time picking any road players or banking on road games, but that small stadium for Zeller Ion is going to be interesting. Or no, they're playing at Red Bull Arena. That's going to change. Oh everything. yeah, yeah. I, I, we may oh. not have said people. We're not playing games at Yankee Stadium. We're playing games at Red Bull mm-hmm. Arena. Um, so any kind of home field advantage we might have had is gone. That's and we have a terrible awful, new coach. Skinny He's trying to sell our younger players. It's not good. Pick against New York City. I'm I'm not even gonna pretend. <laughs> and then and then Mike, I don't think you had him, but uh, Blanco has to be in your list after the tournament yeah. playing against that trash defense in Seattle. I mean, I expect Ariega to fall down in front of him at some point and give him a free goal. Like I, yeah. that's just <laughs> That's just what I expect at this point. So it, same. I mean, you, it's got to be Blanco here. Okay. Um, well, then, then let me let me I, because I, I considered a Portland midfielder, but the Portland midfielder I was considering wasn't Blanco. It was Valeri. Uh, best MLS we fantasy get the player. Top, we get the be, best MLS fantasy player. We get one. He was able to. He went ninety minutes at the MLS's back tournament, so I could see him playing against Seattle and then getting rotated. Uh, against San Jose. So would you go with Valeri or Blanco? I Blanco. I would I would take Blanco on on it. Just you're saving you're saving two million right there. Yeah. Which not a huge issue. I mean I'm gonna be honest, right I didn't have any problems with budget. So that was I kind of the issue. I'm not either. <laughs> I just looked I have, I have eight million left in the bank with my lineup as it sits. But um I just I don't Valeri's know Valeri's on a slide is the way that I would express it he's not a dp anymore he only went 90 minutes once in the entire tournament he didn't go 90 any other game he's just in a different role now he's a little he's sitting a little farther back it i'm not saying he's not good watch he'll go off but mm-hmm. i'm if you ask me which goals. one to pick if you ask me which one to pick right now like this week i'd pick neither but then realistically i'd pick blanco because on principle i want to say neither but Blanco's just in a better streak right now. Brian from chat makes a good point that Blanco is also not on set pieces, which is a huge advantage for Valeri when he's on the field. Yeah, when Valeri tends to take PKs. And Valeri versus Seattle is a very good argument. Like this is this is an argument Mm -hmm. that I would love to have, and we can have it here. I'm good with it if it doesn't take too much time. (laughs) Like if it was just Portland. Fantasy's back. We're going all night. Like go on. If it was just Portland versus Seattle. And Valeri's going 90 minutes. We'll take that premise. I would I would be really, really tempted to take Valeri versus Seattle in this game. That that makes sense to me. Like I can, and I completely understand that argument. And we are looking for the best single game out of a double game week. I get it. But Mike, you make a good point. Valeri may rest versus San Jose. Valeri may not even travel to San Jose. Let's just be honest here. With the role he's playing, he may not even travel. I'm going to go ahead and take the gamble on two bites at the apple here 
And I'm going to take Blanco versus San Jose as a backup insurance game because I'm banking on Valeri not playing as much in that one. I think they'll throw him at Seattle. They'll want to get those points. The San Jose game, he's going to rest. San Jose can play a little rougher style. That's not something you want to expose Valeri to, especially traveling that same day. Like, I agree with you. I don't think Valeri's going to get the full 90 that second game. He may not even get 20. But I will take Blanco without Valeri over San Jose as a second attempt and bank on him getting as good of a score as Valeri in one of those two games, given that situation. But this is why this double game week rule change is so fascinating, because if you expect Valeri to go 90 in that first game, you can bank on something there, but then do you want to take the risk like I like I do and go for, do we want two shots at this? Do I want to see two scores? What is, Valeri takes all the set pieces when he's on the field. What happens when he's not on the field? And what does that do for Blanco? I, it's just, it's an interesting dynamic. I'll take the two shots. I'll take the shot at two scores pretty much every time because I think Blanco could easily have the better game versus Seattle as well. But I, I can understand everybody going with Valeri. Valeri's a proven option and it's a rivalry game. It's just, it's, it's almost a no-brainer. I wish I could get them both in there for that game. If this was single game weeks, it would be, it would be very, very tempting to take both of them. Sure. All right. No, that's good. I'll make a poll later on, and, and we'll we'll take this and up. I've to got, the and I've still got two more midfielders on my list. You do. Um, Nani, well, Zella, Blanco. Who else more. do you have, Blaine? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I'm back and forth on Kinda for Sporting. Just I love the way he's been playing, and going going or Houston at home is going to be one of those fun matchups where I think he could do really well. And I also have a single game week option, but I'm going a little different route than Mike. I've got Jan Gregus on this one right now. Uh, Sporting's given up the set pieces. Their defense has been there, but it hasn't been there the whole time. Um, and he's just been – he's on set pieces. He's getting – he gets goals and assists pretty regularly. I don't know. It's just – it's one of those bench options, switcheroo, otteroo candidates that – I think of any of the single game week guys, I think he's got it. And I think the way this game will play out, he'll get a lot of opportunities. Okay. Interesting. Interesting pick. I think it says a lot about the state of MLS that all of us are bashing our own teams and picking against them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. Since yeah. until I die, man. Here we go. Uh, let's see. I'm going to respond to a, a comment that came from Adam a, a little bit ago during our defender section. He was asking, uh, about my thoughts on Alashe going to the crew. That was one of the other uh, trades that FC Cincinnati made. Alashe to the crew for a second round pick in the Super Draft uh, for 2021, which I thought was an interesting trade. Uh, I sent this question to add extra time uh, to see if they would answer it in their mailbag, but um, I feel like Cincinnati did well in, in their last Super Draft, and, and that perhaps they maybe overvalue the super draft i don't know for better or for worse i'm not a huge fan of the super draft i feel like drafting kids from college is huge in football and that we try to continue that hype in soccer when in reality it's not as great because we have this whole transfer market thing and that's in our own mm -hmm. academies that we develop from uh, but it's just this thing we do in america hyping up this this college draft uh cincinnati i think got lucky 
with it and that maybe they overvalue it i don't know i'm interested in what what the the guys at extra time had to say about this but they they traded alashe for this super draft pick um which was kind of sad to see see alashe go I, I thought he was one of the good pickups that we had but i can understand why it was done because we we have some good coverage at that more holding midfielder position now especially with madunian coming in so so i think it makes sense for him to go i don't feel bad that he's gone to columbus because i think he's going to be more of a depth player for them and that's not like this huge this huge uh i don't know achilles heel that we've given up for the hell is real derby i mean they have uh Adi as well so i guess we're just we're giving columbus our our leftovers so they can they can take that uh but i thought i'd bring that up now since adam asked that because uh, he is not in my team uh right there you guys have mentioned a lot of great players. A couple of names I'm going to throw out there uh, that that weren't mentioned. Uh, again, we're looking at uh, San Jose as some interesting options. I think Erickson is someone that if you like San Jose as midfielder, that, that he did very well. Uh, he and Vaco both did well, but I think Erickson was probably the standout of the I two. Uh, so that's someone that you could take a look at if you want to go with that. I don't know if anybody's differential. I haven't checked the the ownership right now i don't think it'd be very accurate but uh he's right there someone who may actually be a differential um maybe gressel with dc and the reason that uh, i think gressel may not make my final five with my cut here but my thought about gressel is we saw in a couple of games fc cincinnati just gave up a humongous number of crosses from looking at the stats that mls collected and that is what Gressel does. Gressel crosses mm-hmm. the ball. Mm-hmm. So there's a potential to, I guess I'm joining the bandwagon now, not necessarily betting against FC Cincinnati, but looking at some of yes. how they play, the that if they, if they allow <laughs> so many crosses, that's what Gressel does. And as long as those crosses are being received in the box, that's fantasy points yeah. right there. So He's taking um, corners too. He takes the corners for DC mm-hmm. this year. Exactly, and so that's that's right there in a place where perhaps Gressel at 10.4, maybe he's too expensive for just banking on some of those uh, bonus points, but uh, yeah. he's also going against New England. They they don't have Carlos Gill, so um, Carlos Gill, sorry, I bragged about that at the beginning, so I knew it was messed <laughs> up. Uh, but uh, perhaps some, some opportunities there as well for two bites at the apple, but that would mostly be a Cincinnati pick right there. Um, I think you guys are right on point when to get a, an LAFC player at to West NK, I think are two right up there. Maybe even Philadelphia. I mean, we saw both. Um, yeah. Uh, what was it? Santos and, uh, and Montiero did, did pretty well. I think Santos probably did better during the tournament, even though he missed that PK at the end. Montiero has been a more traditional fantasy pick because of his production. Not quite maybe as much there. Uh, maybe this could be arguable, but those are two options, I think, from Philadelphia if you wanted to go with uh, with someone there. Yeah, yeah. I, I couldn't argue if you wanted to go with Philly. I th- I, the reason I didn't is because their schedule's a little tougher than some of the other men- people we've mentioned. They don't have, like, a clear, and, like, that's the target yeah. game. That's the game where they're going to rack up a bunch of points. And we're in the, we're in the middle of August, and I'll, as for as much as I love how Philly has played, Aronson is on the transfer block. And there are teams reportedly offering big money for him. He, it, it's very possible he's not going to play. The last thing Philly's going to do if they're looking at a five to ten million dollar transfer fee on him, which 
isn't out of the question at this point is risk an injury in one of these games and lose out on that transfer fee right now. I know Philly fans are talking about they want to sell him so they can restock and buy some depth for this team. Like it's kind of top to bottom organization wide that they want there. He's going to be moved if they get the right offer. So I, I struggle with the Philly choices because Aronson has been such a key part of that team. I like Santos. I think he's a good player, but I don't know if he's going to be the same player if Aronson's not there taking a lot of the pressure off because teams are having to give those guys equal attention. But if you take Aronson out, the next guy up means they can double down on Santos a little more, and that's going to choke him out of some of his ability to play. Horton Hills Montiero. No, uh, Tyson Bryan and Chad, you guys are both right. Aronson is another good, a good option. And I think, to Blaine's point... One you can easily adapt to if you just see the roster. You have to react to that first game, though. I, yeah. I guess if you're if Philly's going to take that move of we need to protect him to maintain that value to trade, you don't play him at all. So if he plays the first game, then I think you'll at least have him for those points for those ninety minutes. I, I would I would assume, um, but I think that's an easy one to react to as long as you leave yourself some some cap space. Can I throw out another maybe too far out there differential is one of the teams that stood out to me a little bit, even though they didn't have what I would consider success in the tournament was Houston. Um, And Houston's first game is against FC Dallas, who has just been just hard to watch bad. And yes, they're only two games in the first couple games for everybody at the tournament wasn't great and they didn't get to do that. Um, but Darwin Quintero is playing in a midfield role there and seems to be clicking with that offense. Um, like you guys said, I'm not struggling with budget, <laughs> but um, we will at some point when they start going up. And he's pretty inexpensive. Um, and he's been playing and starting for them. Um, and that's just a team I haven't really looked at because they play SKC the second time. And I don't think that'll go great. Um, but against Dallas, their first game, I think it's worth just looking at what their lineup looks like. And if you're going to look at Houston, you should also take a look at Memo as well as, yeah. uh, yep. as a good option there. And, and Reed, I have one more while we're on midfielders because okay. why not? Um, <clears throat> I've heard about LAFC coverage. <laughs> I didn't go for LAFC coverage here. Um, it's been on my radar. Kinda could easily come out um, and I could throw in one. I heard Atuesta and Kay come up because they were the big hitters last year. Um, no mention of Blessing. Blessing through the tournament was mm-hmm. all over the place. And he is one, he is a guy that will track back. I mean, he will run. He may not be your 90 minute guy every game, but Blessing versus LA Galaxy is, is one of those that I'm, my mouth waters when I see that one. Like, I'm willing <laughs> to take him on that game alone. And I just, I'm curious, and I just, I didn't hear him come up. If I'm taking an LF, LAFC midfielder, it is Blessing this week, for sure. Uh, blessing is 10.6, okay. and he does have the highest score from the first two rounds of any of yes. the LAFC mm-hmm. players. So great, great pick there. And I'm just going to add right now, everyone listening, um, we've given you some of our top choices. We are trying to cover a breadth of players because we know this is essentially the beginning of the season again. And so we want to mention names for people to help their thinking process and their thought process for setting these teams. So um, 
if you think we're all over the place, it's because we want to throw these names out there so that you can right. weigh weigh the pros and cons. But we didn't uh, even mention Maxi Morales. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, you talked about how bad they were. So, I, I mean, yeah. Well, apparently, y'all believed me. So, well, we did. We did. Nobody I mean, watched I, that. This might I be watched, the same yeah. David Villa thing, you know, from years past. <laughs> well, let's move on to forwards. Ashley will let you kick this one off. Uh, this one, I'm kind of going back and forth with a couple of things, so please bear with me. But I'm picking up Rossi. Um, I mean, he also had just a fantastic tournament. I don't know. I'm assuming Carlos Vela is going to play. I haven't seen anything that said he's not. Um, but I'm not necessarily chomping at the bit to get him. I'm interested to see what they look like without him. I mean, he's it's Captain Vela all the time, right? But I just don't know because I haven't I haven't seen him play. So um, right now I'm holding that spot with Rossi. I hate going first because Blaine. I know that Blaine won't want this, but I like Jossi. Um, I feel bad even saying I'm going to take him because I feel like Blaine kind of owns him, but. Um, Ooh. I like Jossi a lot in this, um, just cause how they look in the tournament, who they're playing. Um, and then I've been going back and forth with a BWP on the bench. I'm, I'm looking at a lot of midfielders, so I'm only going to start two forwards. Um, I'm looking at BWP on the bench. Cause like we said earlier with the gone, I, I, I think he's going to start every game and, um, I love him against the Galaxy, and I like him against RSL, but I don't know that I want to start him. Um, and then I'm also going to start Jeremy Abobasi, Um at 5.9. He's been getting ro- – he got rotated through the tournament, um, and it, it kind of seemed like it was more of a rotation to inspire him to earn it, if that makes sense, kind of like how they um, you know, were subbing Dom Dwyer out early all the time. I know he ended up being injured, but um, – it's it seems like it's his position to have even though they brought in what's it mora i think is his name for portland is a number nine um but he looked great the whole tournament he's hungry for sure um and like i've said before i unfortunately like portland's matchup so um abobacy is one that i'm i'm tinkering with as well okay well blaine um zardis has been given to you by ashley is he on your your list. I'm, I'm going to let you all chime into this also, and, and Ashley touched on it, but I think the Vela Rossi BWP question is something that's going to be on everybody's minds this week. How much training was Vela doing while this tournament was going on? What's his fitness level compared to Rossi's fitness level? Does it matter because he's Vela? Do do we Vela. even care <laughs> about that? So, so that's going to be what kind of form is Rossi carrying over and what kind of just drive is that going to give him during the tournament. So um, that Vela Rossi question, I think, is going to be on everyone's mind. And I want each of you to answer it uh, as Ashley did. So, Blaine. Yeah. Um, yeah, Zardes is mine. I feel like I should rename my fantasy teams and everything to just yeah. something Zardes related. Um, yeah. Tweet me if you have good team names for that. Like, <laughs> I, I, I think I'm unofficially Zardes' number one fan right now, at least in the fantasy mm-hmm. community. I am his number one fan. Uh, I have drafted him first in the draft league. Or I've, I've, I've drafted him three years in a row. I drafted him in the first round this time. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've had him. Like, it's just going to become a point of pride. He's going to be in every draft league team I have until he retires. Blaine needs a tattoo, a Zardis tattoo. Yeah, the wife yeah. won't go for a tattoo. But um, <laughs> I may have to get a jersey and just wear it. Yes, yes. Yeah. Blaine needs a jersey. That That is on there that if – 
if Columbus wins the Shield or MLS Cup or whatever we see this year, like I have to get a Zardes jersey, and I still may have to get one regardless of whether they win it all or not. Just I think I'm I think I'm overdue for that. So yeah, Zardes is a set and forget type of player. He's going to he's going to be in my lineup probably every week from now until the end of time until he retires. But um, no, you get to the you get to the other point. Um, beyond Zardes, I was. I was looking through all the forwards. I didn't like what I saw in the tournament. All the big money guys just didn't have it. There's a bunch of kids you can look at. Um, and then I saw LAFC was playing uh, the Galaxy. It's Vela and BWP. And I'll put them both on the field. BWP mm-hmm. scored in, I think, all but one game in the tournament. Like, he's good for a goal. Maybe you can get some more money somewhere or more points somewhere else, but I don't know. Um, your midfield's where you're going to look at that, but I'll I'll ride both of those guys through this. If Vela for some reason doesn't play that first game, um, it's an easy switch to Rossi. The money's there. Um, Abobasi's the other guy that I would switch to. That's late enough in the week. You lose out on a lot of options. You don't have a ton of you don't. You've only got what three full games after that. You miss out on the Atlanta kickoff because they kick off partway through that game. And then you're looking at Miami, which I can't take. Um, Colorado versus RSL, which isn't – I mean, Kai Kamara is a decent shout, and then they go on the road to Dallas. Or then you've got Abobasi versus Seattle, and that's not a bad matchup there. So I think if Bella's out, you're looking at either Rossi or um, – Abobasi, and that's not that's not a bad route to go. That you just if you're going to take somebody that late who is a fitness risk and may not start, um, you got to have your backup plan. And sometimes you're late enough in the week you don't have a good backup plan where it cuts somebody out. But I think Bell is good enough that if he's playing and the Galaxy are that bad, he's he's almost a must-have if he starts. And I'm going to make sure I've got an open roster spot for him and not tie it up with somebody else. Cause I don't think I want to go without BWP at this stretch. He's been so good. Now Diamande's out. So he's almost guaranteed to start. And if he doesn't start, it means it's Brian Rodriguez, but the way the, the way Bradley's talked about him, BWP is there is their center forward going forward. Rodriguez is going to be fighting for minutes with Rossi and Bella. That's the way I've understood it. And so I just, I'm going to go with both of them and okay. I'm, I'm playing, I'm praying it's good. They're going to both take the field to start this game. Vela is kind of concerning, but it's Vela on a double game week. And even though you only get the highest score, um, it's Vela on a double game week. So your top three are Zardis, Vela over Rossi, and then BWP. Yeah. Okay. Just making sure. And Aboba C as your backup. Got it. Yeah, Boba sees the role too if Bella doesn't play. Got it, got it. Mike. Look, we, we've had so many changes from last year. It's it's not last year where you always captain Vela and Vela's the must pick. No, that's wrong. Mel's absolutely the must pick. What are you guys talking about? It's Vela against LAG. What like, <laughs> absolutely pick him. Uh I mean the, to, to answer your question specifically about Vela versus Rossi. We just had the conversation about Aronson in Philadelphia. That is doubly true for Rossi, who is going to be a, the biggest sale that MLS is trying to do this window. 
Rossi is already impressed. I don't think LAFC need to put him out there with Vela back. I could see Rossi. We may not see him again. I haven't seen that in, as reported, but it wouldn't <laughs> surprise me if that's the case. They need to start moving forward with BWP, um, with the with with Brian Rodriguez, um, who I think he's a homegrown player that they're looking at to, to try to develop as one of their next prospects. Um, I, I don't see that as being a I don't see Rossi getting a whole lot of playing time because he's already shown that he is a European talent and needs to be sold. Um, so to me, with his, I, it's true I haven't seen Vela, but I mean most of these teams haven't played in a month. Just because LA Galaxy played three games, you know, like a month ago, I don't know if that's really how much that's really going to translate into fitness. LAFC did have a pretty early exit from the tournament themselves, so he's had enough time to train with his teammates. And just his talent level, even if he is rusty, his rust is going to be twice as good as anything <laughs> the Galaxy can put together defensively. They they are hapless defensively. So um, I'm I'm fine with with Vela. And you know he need, he he needs to be there. If, if something weird happens, he we have pictures of him in training, so we know he's been there. Um, so I to, to me the answer there is Vela. I I also have Zardes. Uh, again, I don't like Chicago or New York City d- defensively. My philosophy has generally not to been to double up on forwards. Um, that's just generally a recipe for disaster. Uh, I, I do have a concern on the second leg of LAFC because you're going to RSL. And while RSL is not all that hot, you have the altitude issue that they're not going to be doing any sort of adjustments. We've had teams in the past go in early to try to get as much altitude acclimation as possible. That's not going to happen. Um, so I'm a little hesitant to just put all my chips in on, on LAFC that way. So I have Zardes. And then I have the best you know young American striker on the bench. Clearly I'm talking about Patrick Mullins. No. Jeremy Abobasi. Um, we've all the things we've talked about with Seattle uh, and how good Portland is. I, I think Jer- Jeremy Abobasi is well positioned to take advantage of that. He's super cheap, so having him as part of like my auto um switcheroo, a lot of flexibility is right now. Super flexible, and I mean to, to get any kind of gain, value gain, or benefit f- for his price is is pretty easy to do. At I think it's five point six. So, um, yeah, so that, that, that's what I have. Um, yeah, uh, I'm one of the p- players I was, I was trying to see if I could get someone from sporting Kansas city in, uh, because of that Houston matchup, I just couldn't find a way to do it. Um, maybe in a reimagining of my team, I'll, I'll find a way, but it, it's Columbus was look Columbus and LAFC came out of the tournament to me, looking as the strongest teams, for sure, uh, particularly mm-hmm. offensively. Uh, with Portland, so that's kind of where I went uh, in the picks. Uh, Blaine, why not Polito? <laughs> yeah, that uh, I was I was going through that in my head. Like, if we threw out a couple of names, because we all kind of gravitated towards the other ones. Polito is in my is my fourth man in. Um, I I like BWP. Some of that's playing the price game. I just can't get that out of my head. Um, Polito has been a playmaker. Uh, goals and assists both already like definitely an easy player to slot in there um it's just it comes down to timing more than anything i think if it was lafc playing before sporting if vela for some reason didn't start that first game polito would be my guy that i would bring in in place of him 
even over a Bobacy. Um, but that's a timing thing more than anything else. Um, I couldn't fault anybody if they took Polito over BWP for this week because that's where my third forward slot is going. Um, definitely a guy I would be looking at, but just timing timing kills that. And, Reed, I know you always throw out your extra names. I'm going to throw out two names that were on my short list, but the schedule and everything changed it. Um, Amaria for Minnesota, um, just the way he's been playing, um, single game week option there. I still don't trust the sporting defense, especially if we see Beasler starting. Um, Amaria could definitely be a guy that you could exploit for that one. And then we could, we can't say it, we should say it. Um, Io Akinola definitely made my short list. He's one of those, he's that fifth or sixth guy that just, Vancouver's defense was missing, I think, one guy, and the goalkeeper situation is up in the air. But if Akinola starts, that is just – that is such an enticing matchup. He, I, I kind of want to see what the Vancouver lineup looks like, and I don't think I'm going to change away from BWP. But depending on what we what you see in that, in that lineup and what the teams look like, um, Akinola versus Vancouver could be one of those sleeper picks this round. And with the way he played in the tournament, I'm going with BWP for more consistent. He's good for about a goal a game with this team. Um, Akinola could get you two or three, where BWP is kind of the safe option to get some guaranteed points. If Akinola goes off, he could probably be your highest scoring forward in this round. Yeah, I do always add a couple names. Uh, that is definitely one I was going to throw out there. The the consideration with Akinola is he'll likely also have Josie with him this time as well, which we didn't get a lot of uh, showcase of in the tournament. A little bit there at the end, but uh, we'll have to see how that dynamic works, especially with playtime. Uh, and that would be the single game. So one shot right there. Uh, not as many, though, names with, with fours. You all really touched on most of the forwards that I think are worth considering. Uh, Tice mentioned Bo, and uh, I do I do like Bo a lot. Do I like him more with Carlos Heel yes. on the field? So yeah, so he falls a lot for me. Uh, we jokingly, and I'm just assuming it's a joke, had Chicharito's name mentioned, which I mean, well, LA LA Galaxy as the great jo- guy Sanchez used to say is a dumpster fire. So. Um, I don't think anyone's seriously looking at LAFC players for being on their team this year. Or let me just make that more, more stronger. I don't think anyone should be looking seriously at, at LA Galaxy. I mean, I said FC a second ago. But LA Galaxy players uh, this week, you should be betting against LA Galaxy for sure based on what we've seen right now. I know maybe they get Higuain or someone to come over there like all these rumors say, but uh, it has not happened yet and and it's not worth going. Otherwise, you can't do it with Latin. You can't do it with anybody. Right? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, you gotta, you gotta, gotta go for that. Uh, I mean, I've seen some none of people... our Atlanta fans have said to go at all in on Cuba. Now, I will say <laughs> oh, that God. Patrick, Patrick did mention on, looking at at some of the Atlanta players. Um, they do have Kubo, which I all of us were kind of baffled by. I'm, I'm really interested in seeing how that works. I, I thought baffled was a good word. I mean, why? That's I was baffled because they don't have a striker. <laughs> no, well, they so they I don't know. Hey, I just... Adam Yon is a striker, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I understand they why they got, got Patrick him. Mullins, but I mean, you think the Mullins boys are going to suit up for Atlanta? Or 
actually, because I said it, like, I like Adam John. I, I think he was a good player, but for whatever reason, Barco and Pity could not give him service. You've got a guy that's over six feet tall, and you can't put the ball on his head. Like, you've got well, something wrong. Well, they're used to Yosef, who's five foot five. I mean, that's not how they've been playing. But I agree so, with you. You should be able to hit that target. Like, if you're if you're as good as you're supposed to be, and Pity and Barco are are listed as are as supposed yeah. to be top notch midfielders in this league, sure. you. But anyway, so they went and bought Cubo, who plays a lot closer to what Joseph does. He doesn't have the finishing capability, but sure, you can't sure. put the ball on his head. you got to put it at his feet, and I trust him with his feet enough to at least get something yeah. on goal. Yeah, but it's that finishing ability that, that makes Joseph special, the ability to give that to him and finish it. So mm-hmm. to say he doesn't have the finishing ability of Joseph, of Martinez is, is one, I mean, clear – but but also yeah. it's it's like being like well he uh, he has uh, cement shoes on so it, it's but he's yeah. okay I mean it's I, I don't know uh, I mean it was Patrick, an Patrick from... is correct that it is an upgrade from nothing having yeah. it, it upgrade, is better than nothing however there were like some Atlanta fans were like boom we're yeah. back baby now, and I'm like oh no, now no, no. Patrick no. Uh, Patrick <laughs> name that I was gonna mention next and that's Jurgen Dom is coming in um, uh, midfielder there but. Yeah. From everything I've gathered from talking to people that watched him play before he came to MLS, um, they're likely to give him the green light to fire away from wherever he's at. He's a he's a midfielder. He's listed as a midfielder in the game. He's a winger, but he likes to make runs into the box and he likes to shoot. And yeah. so that that's an interesting dynamic to add to this team that's struggling to find goals. Is if you get a winger that is given the green light to shoot that could be really good for this team because they seem to find a lot of opportunities. They weren't giving John the service that he needed to score, but their wingers and midfielders seem to be getting the majority of their shots. If you've got a guy like Jurgen Dom who's been given the green light to shoot, um, definitely somebody to keep an eye on going forward. And, and yeah. Patrick brought him up. He, he, he's a name. I actually grabbed him in my draft league because I just wanted to see what would happen without Joseph. And you just, they need something. Um, he's got as good a shot as any, and he wasn't owned. So I, I snagged him. But he's one of those guys that's potentially a huge upside depending on how this team plays. And I, I don't think you can take him this first week. He is a midfielder, yeah. but he's one guy you, you're going to want to keep an eye on, and you may want to tune into this game just to see how he plays. I think that's Atlanta's the problem. Atlanta's a team. Go ahead. No, no, no. You. You're the guest. I was going to say, Atlanta's the team I think I want to see play for a week yeah. for a couple of reasons. They don't have their fans, which is a big a big contributing factor. They just fired their coach, which whether you think that's a good thing or a bad thing, there's still adjustments that are going to be made, right? Um, and they don't have Yosef. So those are just three really big things to me that I'm not saying that Kubo is going to do great or bad or that they're not going to pop. But in the tournament, they look so dicey and those three big factors of you know new coach no fans no yosef i just i can't validate picking them this week but i'm not saying that they won't figure it out but for this week i mean i would stay away yeah and that's exactly where my mind is i mean this is a great week for them to rebound they are playing mm-hmm. both of the new teams um though perhaps nashville and and uh, miami might not be as of a big of a pushover as maybe people had had hoped but it's it's a chance for redemption and i think we have more confident fantasy options 
for this week to lean on as we wait to see how Atlanta rebounds back. And for, again, for better or for worse, the way I tend to approach a lot of situations like this with Atlanta, it's exactly what Asher says is, I want to see something. Perhaps I'm going to miss the windfall of points that could have happened with this setup, but it, it also could be another bust as well. And, and I want to see that Atlanta is moving in the right direction before I start dropping some of the serious money you're going to need to do on Atlanta players. So um, power to you, Patrick. I want you to pick your player. I want your player to do well, and I want you to rub it in our face because that's part of the fun yeah. of this game. So if you Captain if you go Kuzo. in there, exactly. If you go in with that, Patrick, I am all about it, and I wish you luck, man. I wish you big luck with that. Uh, let's wrap up real quick because we're hitting the hour and a half mark, and I know it's going a little bit long because we got a lot to cover, but uh, not not too long. So, uh, captains, Blaine. Um, this is tough. Because ACV always comes up, always Captain Bella is just, it is just, it's right there. And if he starts versus LA, you really want that. But then I, I look at what's my backup plan if he doesn't start, and I am a little concerned about that fitness when I pick my captain. Um, you you could switch to Nani in the later game, like I have. Um, I don't know that you can go as far as making a Bobasi a captain. Blanco is there. Blanco probably would be my number two in this situation. Or if you see that Bella's not starting and Rossi's there, Rossi makes a pretty good captain pick. But my heart says go with Zardes. Just go with the early game. Get the captain out of the way and go with it. But the, the smart fantasy play is probably Vela rolling into Blanco this week. Now I'm asking you smart. You're so you're going with you're going with the band-aid approach. You're saying Zardes. Get it over quick and rip it off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, like Blaine is Zardes. And Celerion's another good option there. He's probably the safer mm-hmm. option, but my heart says go Zardes. But really I think my brain <clears throat> is saying Vela rolled to Blanco is probably my captain choice this week. Blaine's looking for an out. Mike, who do you want? I've got Vela, hundred percent. LA Galaxy is the worst defense in the league. Are pretty, you know, arguing between them and Houston. Um, I, I, I mean, he's done amazing things. It's the highest potential. Um, and, and you know, if he does manage to play against RSL, I, RSL's defense isn't super impressive. Um, so I'm okay with you know that backup plan, but that that matchup against LA Galaxy, and I do expect him to definitely start that game because they need to get him some fitness asap. So, Ashley. Uh, I, on principle, have never captained a Portland player in a week where they play <laughs> Seattle. I've captained them all the time. Um, but if I'm thinking logistically here, I do lean towards Blanco. But like I said, I won't do that. So I'm actually captaining Rossi. I, I hate always disagreeing with you guys, but I'm not I'm not sold on Vela week one. No games, even though he is who he is. So I'm being a little more cautious there with Rossi, um, but I think that he is probably going to be a, a safe bet at captain. So that's where I'm rolling right now. I mean, if Rossi starts, I I think you're right. You would go to yeah. him because I I mean I think it's Vela. I agree with Mike that that it's Vela, and if you're not going with Vela, that you have to look at Zellerion. Th- those are the top two captains, I yeah. think easy for this uh i understand your love for for zardis blaine but my love for a midfielder captain exceeds mm-hmm. that 
Uh, and the only thing stronger than that is Vela because of just his his history. Now, oh, the and again, without Vela, I think it would be Rossi. Um, that would be a tough call for me, Rossi or Zella Rayon. But uh, I think yeah. Vela's there. The thing I have to think of when I think of how will Vela do is, you know he's been training. We've seen the pictures. He's been training mm-hmm. when he's gone. And you have to imagine that any of these players who opted out, that when they left, their team was like, listen, we get it, we understand, but you need to train. And that had to be a big part of the agreement of of them opting out or what they were wanting the player to do. They're like, these aren't us. These aren't players like like we are. They weren't sitting on their couch eating eating Cheetos or whatever, watching the MLS's back tournament, that kind of thing. Um, so th- there had to have been some sort of like, listen, that's cool. You do you. Take care of your family. But but you train. You train hard because we need you when we come back. So that, that's got to be a part of it. So I have to imagine that Vela's fitness level now is at least better than week one coming off of a preseason, that kind of thing. So I, I think if, if Vela is there, 100% Vela. All right. Uh, going to chat. Uh, looks like some people have the same same questions or the same decisions we're working with Zella or Vela. Zella, yeah, Zella or Vela. I like that. Hmm. Um, uh, Brian's talking about Ariega. Um Valeria's gonna have PKs. No. I'm not sure if that's is that really for the captain pick there, Brian? I don't I don't know. I wouldn't that. put him on your team. I don't want him <laughs> on my actual team. Like my real life. No, he's team, he's saying to pick Valeri. I think he's saying to pick Valeri. Valeri is on PKs. Uh, okay, okay, I see. I threw me off for a second yeah, okay. there. So so there we go, right there. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that's uh that's where we are. We didn't talk about clean sheets because I don't think that's something you're gonna be hunting for this week just try to find those bonus points uh, we've got a lot of options there try to cover a lot of those players um mint valeri yes thank you brian that made a lot more sense um try to cover a lot of options just again to help get you thinking get you back into this flow of fantasy because fantasy is back predict six is back have fun with predict six as well it's a nice little game uh oh. that that yes it is it's a fun little <laughs> game it's there little predict six but we're back hashtag mls fantasy is back if you're listening now and chat or there just make that a thing because hashtag mls fantasy is back it, it has to be it has to be and we're going to make it a thing so uh let's wrap everything up with uh plugs tonight ashley starting with you yeah switch the pitch um we put out an article covering every single game of the mls is back tournament which is something we're really proud of um so if you missed it you can catch up we did it we covered it um, and yeah, just check out our website, follow us on, on Twitter. We live tweet as many games as possible. So, um, we did go to sleep for that FC Dallas national game last night, but I think that was the first late night game we've missed. Um, so yeah, give us, give us a read. So you don't have to call our addicts hotline. So you're safe. Yeah, no, we don't blame. Yeah. Nothing from me this week. Mike. Uh, just follow me on Twitter at Mike, that tiger. I made my quote profile public again uh, for fantasy to, to field questions and stuff so if you need help or trying to catch back up um, hit me up and I can finally retweet some of your messages so that's that's something that I've yep. enjoyed uh, some some great <laughs> info coming out uh, as for myself uh, you can catch me at mlsfantasyboss.com you can also follow at mlsfi for the specific twitter account for this podcast uh, you can head over to r slash fantasy mls to interact with the community there we have the weekly rate my team thread as well as uh the questions thread for this podcast and anything else 
that you want to share. Uh, the MLS Fantasy Boss Discord is also available, a great community there. Uh, it's made up of, of some top-notch players as well as some past overall champions and, and high-finishing players within the MLS Fantasy community. Uh, so a fantastic group right there. And then over at MLSFantasyBoss.com, head over there. I haven't been posting all of the podcasts that we've been recording it's because it's been this weird COVID time, but I'm going to try to, to put bulk posts of just the chunks of what we've done with our... Um, fantasy mount rushmores and our just fan history of the mls fantasy as well as the uh recaps from the mls fantasy is back tournament so i'll put some of those chunks there but you can catch them all over at soundcloud.com and if you want to support this podcast patreon is the way to do that that's uh, patreon.com slash mls fi so that's a big plug but it's the first time back and we want to get out all the information thank you so much everyone for being with us tonight if nothing else remember mls fantasy is back good luck